welcome to the Union Hack, a podcast by Dave Ingay. All views are my own or those of my guests and don't necessarily represent the views of the organisations we're affiliated to. Enjoy the podcast. So welcome to another episode of the Union Hack. Today I'm joined by Colleen Johnson. Hi, Colleen. Hi, Dave. So, Colleen, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, let me see. Um, well, I've been a teacher for a long time, probably over about 30 years. Most of my um, teaching, um, primary teaching, has been done in Birmingham and more recently in Worcester, where I live now. Okay. So what roles do you hold in the union? In, in the union, I've been um, a school rep. I've been mm-hmm. an equalities officer. Um, I was a member of the um, Birmingham executive. And now I'm a member of the Worcester committee. And I'm also um, a member of the national executive. I'm the seat holder um, for disabled members. Okay. And, of course, you are still a teacher. I am. And um, I teach right from um, the reception age group. Occasionally I do nursery, right up to year six. Um, I do um, supply teaching at the moment. But I've always, always sort of stayed within primary and been really flexible about which year group that I've had. Um, I really enjoy teaching. Um, I love it. For all its flaws. <laughs> okay, so when you were teaching full time, yeah, obviously you're on supply now. When you were teaching full time, yeah, what made you get involved in the trade union movement? Um, I'd always been brought up with a trade union background. I always knew the kind of solidarity and strength that was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and my main degree is in economics, so I knew about all the power that employers had and I knew that to um, have some kind of representation strength people needed to stick together collectively Um, so I knew a little bit about that Um, I remember joining I joined the NUT when I was a student teacher Um, to be honest yeah there was one other union that that I knew about at the time but um, I always thought that I joined the sort of, you know, one that appeared to be the strongest one to me at that point. Okay. Um, and, you know, never sort of was, was, I wouldn't say initially I was that active um, a member. Um, I just, you know, I just perceived that everybody that was in um, education ought to be in a union, which is still really good advice. So that was in Birmingham? That was in Birmingham, yeah, where I did my... Um, training yeah okay so you told me you became a school rep yeah and because you knew about trade unions because you'd done a degree in economics yeah yeah so did you at some point then take the next step and start attending local meetings um i did that at 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 a point where um i think i'd been in my career for a few years and um I was applying for, um, you know, roles, promoted posts, and I'd applied for quite a lot and either not gotten anywhere or I think I'd gone through a phase of sort of being, 
you know, not the not the person that that got the job, but the kind of, you know, the the so second person if you want, and that really got to me. Um, and so um, I made a complaint about that, a detailed sort of um, complaint about that to the to the LEA at the time. Um, yeah. And I think I must have also sent the a copy of the letter to Birmingham um, any. NUT as it was then um, and then um, Roger King who was is a member of, of Birmingham um, got in touch and said I think you should be perhaps more um, involved in the equality side of the union um, and that was really good. Excellent so obviously you then you exercised your power as an employer and copied in the union and then they invited you to come along exercised my power as an employee yeah so did i say employer you did <laughs> i meant to yeah. employee. we'll keep that in because i make mistakes <laughs> <laughs> um, no one's perfect yeah i think there's um i think i can't quite remember i think it was a working party there was a working party on disability equality that i joined which was a real education it was great there was lots of like-minded people and i learned a lot really quickly and that eventually became an advisory group, I think, on disability education. And eventually it became um, the National Organising Forum. And I think it's now an organising forum under the NEU, the National Education Union. Okay. Um, yeah. So would you say there's many disabled members in the union? Yeah, I think there's lots of people and lots of people don't actually realise they'd fall um, under that sort of disabled group. Um, we've got um, quite low numbers of people, I think, that self-identify. I think in people's heads, there's all these stereotypical ideas of a wheelchair user um, and, you know, other perhaps, you know, people that, you know, have a, a stick or something to help them walk. Yeah, because if I, I think back for all my years of teaching, I wouldn't say I've seen many people who are blind in teaching or use wheelchairs. And I think to many people, that's what they see a disability as. Yeah, I mean, you know, there, there are lots of people who have um, sensory impairments, mobility impairments. There are people who um, have... Lots and lots of different impairments, um, and perhaps rely on on medication, or they've made adjustments in their in their daily routines anyway, and haven't yeah. really realised. Okay, so if I wanted to be a disabled member, yeah, how disabled do I have to be? Well, we believe in self identification. So no one is going to come along and check up. Nobody's going to inform your employer. And we believe we've got strength in numbers um, and basically together that we're stronger. So it's about self-identification. Okay. So if I say to you, yeah. Colleen, I have a disability, mm -hmm. is that enough? Um, well, what we ask people to do is to go onto their um, their to go onto my NEU and update their details there, and that's okay. where you self declare under the if you if you put in your membership number and you click on the um, equality um, sort of bar 
and then you can update your details there. I mean, people do refer refer to the Equality Act sometimes, yes. um, the, the Equality Act of 2010 disability section which talks about having a physical or a mental health impairment um, that has a substantial or long-term effect on your ability to carry out day-to-day -day duties I mean, that's a useful thing to to know yeah but as i said we let people decide about um their disability or their impairment okay that's really interesting so that's the social model not the medical model well, in in some ways, the the um, the Equality Act has got that. I think has got that um, has got that medical focus, hasn't it? Yeah. Because it's talking about the effect of the impairment, um, and just in passing, um, you know, by long term they mean round about a year. But it's an interesting point that with mental health um, impairments, um, that the the reoccurring nature of them. Um, also needs taking into account now the social model yeah we 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 are more of a social model union so Colleen, can you explain the difference between the social model as opposed to the medical model okay yeah well the um the medical model looks at the person as being the problem mm -hmm. it, you know the person that needs fixing needs a diagnosis medication appointments or support the person is is the, the 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 broken thing the thing that needs fixing yeah the social model is more about barriers in society and the built environment um issues with people's attitudes um difficulties of the transport system problem with language the inflexibility of organizations so if, if all of those things were a lot better then um, the disability or the impairment wouldn't be such an issue at all. Okay, it's really interesting. It is. So, as a a lay member of the mm -hmm. union, um, I have a mild hearing impairment. Yeah. Or perhaps um, I wear glasses. Perhaps I suffer with mental health problems. Perhaps I'm very stressed, or if I I'm prone to breakdowns. I can't. There's all sorts of reasons that people might. We might encourage people to um, self-identify as a disabled mm -hmm. member. Yeah. Why should Sight I do that? Um, well, sight is a little bit different. If you're just short-sighted and you wear yeah. glasses, that generally um, wouldn't be covered by, okay. by the Equality Act. Um, if people have a hearing loss and they require some amplification, um, you know, or they they have a um, hearing issue or, or they're a deaf member, absolutely, um, you know, completely. Um, mental health, yeah. You know, if people are dealing with um, severe anxiety um, that stops them from doing things or um, reoccurrent um, depression, you know, th absolutely. Um, and to be honest, you know, what I try to get across to people is this diversity of humanity. It's disability is shouldn't be seen as um, this really negative thing. People sometimes have funny stuff going in, on in their head about why they won't self-identify. You know, the human race is is diverse and it needs celebrating. We're all different, and people should um, 
you know, self-identify because it's 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 an amazing group of people to be part of. There's such power and such passion and such a lot going on. Okay, so just wearing glasses isn't enough, but pretty much anything else, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're partially sighted, if, you know, um, if you're blind, that's not an issue. But the general correctiveness about wearing glasses for short-sightedness that's that's really common that's like hay fever but you know that's but <laughs> so I, that's you've got hay fever that hay fever is not a disability either no yeah exactly this this is this is just talking in terms of the act but that's just to give people an idea okay because you know there are there without genuinely dave there will be loads of members there who haven't self-identified and who could absolutely so if I identify as a disabled member, are there any more opportunities available to me? Well, one of the most interesting things that you can do as a disabled member is come along to Disabled Members Conference, which happens every year. Okay, tell me a bit about that then. Okay, well, at Disabled Members Conference, we normally have some key speakers. It could be Kevin, could be Mary. It'll probably be our president as well. Um, maybe the um, union's um, equality officer will be there, yeah. as well as myself. Um, we might have disabled activists speaking, such as Francesca Martinez or Samantha Rank. Um, sometimes we have MPs or shadow MPs speaking. We have entertainment with musicians and poets, such as Janine Booth. Yeah. We have wonderful workshops about things like self-identification, the social model organizing perhaps something like neurodiversity um and we normally work together on a motion to put forward towards annual conference okay mm -hmm. so how long does the conference last the conference lasts um two days um with a couple of with a normally a friday and a saturday night stopover so is it held in one specific location well, it's, it's tended to move around um, somewhat. Um, the last one was in um, Manchester. Because obviously getting a, an accessible um, hotel is really important to us. Um, yeah, I can imagine. That's quite tricky um, for a large number of people who require um, an adjustment um, to, their, um, to their hotel, to their room. So how, if I wanted to go to Disabled Members Conference, is that the correct mm -hmm. terminology? Um, yep. So how, how, would I, how would I do that? Um, you'd normally go along to your um, district meeting or your yeah. branch meeting and say that you would like their support with sending you there. Okay. And how much would it cost me as a person? Um, it doesn't cost you as a person anything. Um, but it's it's really good if when people have been, they can do a report or um, do some kind of activity off the back of it. Okay. That sounds really exciting. Mm. So you told me you're on the national executive. Tell me about that. Yeah, I'm the seat holder for um, disabled members on the national executive. That's one of three one of the three um, equality seats that we have, along with the um, uh, Black Educators um, seat holder and the LGBT plus seat holder. Um, no. 
and literally um it's a bit different to being um the one of the more common executive posts because actually your um constituency is right across the whole membership mm-hmm. so yeah and it's you know i've got some great staff that support me um very knowledgeable really hard working people um that you know organizing staff and policy staff that are really helpful because i think otherwise it would be a really impossible job um but yeah so i do a lot of things i get invited to a lot of places um i get to be part of um lots of say you know if, if somebody's doing some training um i might be invited along or, or go along or whatever uh, and be part of it um and i think it's a role where um you put as much you get as much out of it as you put in um so it's very interesting so who voted for you the membership voted for me the entire Um, membership of the union the disabled um members voted for me um i think there was three people in the last election um and basically i mean interestingly enough um i'd been active as a disabled member for a long time probably more than 12 years off, yeah. the, off the top of my head maybe longer than that and because I worked very intensely in school full-time as a key stage two and maths lead um, I didn't ever think that in that situation I would ever um, consider um, going for the exec role it was only when I um, you know sort of moved to part-time that it became something that I thought of um, okay because I knew I knew that if I did it how I wanted to do it so another reason to become or identify as a disabled member yeah is you get to elect your representative on the national executive yeah and I mean some of the motions that we put through um, I think we put a motion through a little while ago and it just needs sort of signing off in the rules or whatever when we, we get together next is mm-hmm. about that disabled members um, should be able to role share executive positions. So that's something really exciting. That, that I think, does offer more access to, to members. So, so that really would be a, a reasonable adjustment to practice in the union yeah i mean this is what it's all about it's all about adjustments so for example a little while ago you said you know why should you um um, self-identify and we talked about you know we don't check up and we don't tell your employer but together you know if we're stronger and if you're more informed of your you're more likely to declare as disabled to your employer and get adjustments in your job in school and those adjustments might be um technological there might be equipment it might be um a change to um you know the the timetable in terms of which room you're in which duties you're you're doing or it could be um a change in your workload with some some rest times or some support put in um to help you do your role so yeah, it's all about adjustments, and that is quite a big union one. You're right there. So, if I require 
with I feel I require adjustments in my workplace. Mm -hmm. Do I contact you? Do you help me with that? Well, what you can do is um, if you're a disabled member, you'll be invited to um, a WhatsApp group in your region that your organising forum person will head up. And often okay. people will talk about, in those groups, will talk about um, what kind of adjustments they've got and how they're working for. And there's a kind of casual kind of this works, this doesn't. There's a casual, a casual sort of informing each other and, 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 and discussing information. Now, you know, if you go to your employer and you ask for some adjustments, they should be, um, you know, um, willing to have some flexibility with you and some understanding. A good employer will, will see that as not an issue. But if people drag their heels, then you would refer to your school rep or you could refer to your district or branch secretary. So that's where you'd get the, the support from. So okay. initially you get that support from your colleagues in the disabled members group and you can get advice. Um, if your employer is difficult, then you can get support from your rep or your secretary. But then your role is to make sure the views of disabled members is heard at the highest level of the union. Absolutely. And, and common issues and common, you know, um, things that are coming up, things that I can see are forming patterns. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's to really represent them. On, on, and I, I think of lots of, when lots of things come up and I always think what is disabled members take on this? How is this going to affect disabled members? Um, mm. Yeah, that's why I'm there. Okay. That's really interesting, Colleen. So you've gone from just being a primary school teacher with a background in economics <laughs> to becoming a school rep, sitting on an organising forum, and yeah. now you're running a conference and you're on the national executive. That's fantastic. Yeah, and, and somewhere along the way, I was an equality officer as well. I role-shared the, the equality officer with, an, uh, with another um, member over in um, Birmingham so yeah with Sandra in Birmingham so yeah you can do lots of things in our union in fact it's it's great that way if you've got the energy and the ideas and you want to make a difference people will grab you and you know that's that's what makes the union really it's full of people who are absolutely burning in their belief about things like equality Colleen, I think that's a fantastic line to end on right there. Okie dokie. So I will say thank you so much for talking to us today, Colleen. And hopefully we'll see everyone on the next podcast. Thanks, Colleen. Okay, thanks, Dave. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you did, don't forget to subscribe. That way you're never going to miss an episode. And while you're at it, do please rate and review the podcast. And also share it with your friends and colleagues so we get the message out there. And lastly, if you've got any suggestions about future interviews, we just want to get in contact with me. You can email me at theunionhack at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook at The Union Hack or on Twitter at The Union Hack. See you next time.